0: So how can one make a really big decision, like the decision to to go and get into business for yourself? I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Deal Making, the broadcast, podcast, YouTube channel, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place, I talk about interesting things. I talk to interesting people and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like, be sure to hit subscribe and let's get to it. So before I begin, uh, let me just say that I've noticed in the last few videos I've made that the autofocus of my camera seems to be getting screwy. So I've done a bunch of things to try to fix it and uh, ordered a new one. So hopefully this problem will be taken care of from now on, Um, I got this. Question um, from a YouTube viewer, and we're gonna we're gonna bring it up here in a minute. Um, and it was basically, how do I make this big decision about whether or not one should leave their job and get into business or not, or buy a business, start a business, etc.? And normally, when you think about making an important decision, you might think, well, I'm going to write a list of pros and cons and help you know formulate my thoughts on a piece of paper. But this is a big decision because there are a lot of one-way doors, perhaps, that we could imagine here. Like if if you're on a career track with a big company and then you leave that and uh, go do something on your own, it may be a one-way door. You may not be able to get back in. And certainly I can tell you my own experiences with going and finding employment after being an entrepreneur and having my own business. All kinds of new and different questions get raised by people who are trying to hire when they see that you've been on your own. Uh, Most people who own their own business and have been on their own You know, can imagine, it's difficult to then fit back into someone else's hierarchy where you have a boss, you have to report to them. So this is a very big decision for a lot of people. And I think that over the course of the time that I've been doing the work that I do, I've met a lot of people who either decide they want to do this and they take action or they don't want to do this and they just put the idea to bed the people who seem the most tortured are the ones who are kind of in this limbo state in the middle all the, forever for years and years sometimes where they they just can't make a decision so so when i started to think about this question i realized i'm going to need something more so i put together this slideshow because it very quickly became more complex than just me talking at the camera so let me share this here So I created this little slideshow, deciding to get into business. And the first thing we're going to do is look at the question. So the question came from Victor over in the UK. How can someone decide whether they should set up or buy a business or remain an employee? So it seems like a a pretty simple question. But as I said, when I started to unpack this, I realized this is quite complex. And so I decided to Google uh, decision-making framework. And amazingly, I came up with this. And so this is on a Government of Canada website, and, um, and we should make as much use of it as we can because we, as taxpayers here in Canada, we probably had to pay one of the prime minister's high school friends like a lot of money as a consulting fee to draw this out for us. But let me read it for those of you who are listening or, or for people who can't quite make it out because it is a bit fuzzy. So there's a series of circles going around, and it says, identify the issue and its context and then assess the risks and benefits. Analyze, identify and analyze the options, select your strategy, implement the strategy, and then monitor and evaluate the results. And in every instance, we want to think about the impact of affected and outside parties. So when I saw this, I was like, yeah, like we need to actually break down this decision into steps because there could be um, decisions to go one way or another. And then when we start to consider the implementation and other complexities, we might actually decide that even though we want to carry on with the decision that we've chosen, we, we simply can't because of certain aspects of the execution. Um, and so let's, let's get to it. Like, so basically, the first one is identifying the issue in its context. So these are a series of things that I've come up with in thinking about the framework of issues and context. So what is motivating the decision? I think this is really important. Um, and I'm gonna show you in the next slide some of the comments that I have, but you know, ask yourself, do you want to own a business and why? And, or do you need to own a business and why? And is there somebody outside of you that is maybe motivating this? So I've always found that the people who seem most eager to proceed with this kind of thing are people who are internally motivated. So these are people who have often dreamed about owning a business. Um, maybe they started little businesses, enterprises as a child. Um, they, they have always had a fascination with it. When they walk into a business, they immediately start seeing how they might do things differently, for example. Um, and then there's this other group. Uh, I've, I've often said in different interviews that I've been on that there's three main groups of people that I help buy a business. There are sort of the middle-aged people who want to be in business, who know it's risky to start a business and they decide to buy one instead. So that would be an example of the internally motivated people who have this lifelong dream to own a business. They got caught into employment and they want to make a move and they want to reduce the risk. Okay. And then the other group, do you need to own a business? So another big group of people that I work with are Um, people that are kind of new to a Western country, they're immigrants and they need to get some kind of income. Maybe they have professional credentials of some kind, but they're not recognized in their new home and these people need an income. But there's a second group of people that kind of falls into that category. And these are people who live in maybe smaller communities where the job market isn't so great. And maybe their skill set and their aptitudes don't match what is available as far as work in their community. And so they also need an income and will sometimes resort to some sort of self-employment, either starting or buying a business so that they can create that income for themselves. Um, You know, the other party question that like there's, you know, I did a video years ago about this, but sometimes you have parental pressure, for example, to get into business, to take over a family business. Or sometimes you have a spouse that's encouraging you to get into business, or a friend, and it may not even be something that that you see for yourself as part of your future, but someone's trying to convince you. And this is the one that I really have a hard time with because uh, if if um, if you are getting into something that you don't really want to do, um, that is going to be difficult. It's going to be like going to a job you hate, and so. These are some of the things that you should literally sit down and write out. Everything, every part of this framework, if you're having trouble making this decision, you should be writing this stuff down for yourself so that you can go back and reflect because this is probably going to be a process that might take you weeks or maybe even a month to fully think through to determine if, you know, the course of action you're considering makes sense or not. So what's the next one? Assess risks and benefits. So again, make a list. How do you quantify risk? What kinds of risks are there, and and so this is something that you need to be thinking about in your own position. So, quite generally, some people think that having a job is less risky, but what's the future of your industry? You know, if if you are working in the last um, you know film camera uh, uh, camera film factory in the world, because everyone's gone digital. I would be I would be concerned about the risk of my continued employment, for example. You know, and, and you can make all the jokes you want about buggy whips and, and all that sort of thing. Um, what about opportunity cost? So if your dream is to own a business, and if you really want to own a business and if you're capable of managing a business well, then in all likelihood you might be able to have more time freedom, more financial freedom, et cetera, from owning a business. So not owning a business leaves you um, in a deficit versus your potential, right? So that's part of your opportunity cost. What what happens if you fail? I mean, this is the first thing when people say, I'm gonna go buy a business, you know, if they're married, for example, this is one of the first things that the spouse might say is, well, what if you fail, right? Well, what if, let's write it down. What's the worst thing that could happen? And you might be surprised by some of the things that you come up with. So, you know, some of the, some of the commentary that I have here is how do you quantify the risk? Can we really know the risk of being downsized? How many people with jobs really know the financial status of the business that they work in? And it's not as complex, it's not as simple rather as just knowing what's going on where you are. So um, some businesses, like if you imagine a company that has you know locations across a, a country, you know, hundred locations, for example. And you could be in a location that's doing really well and you're really busy and they're making a lot of money and you think this is a good business. My job here is very secure. But there could be other locations that are suffering, that are not doing well. And because this one company has signed leases across 100 different locations, it's possible for those poorly performing locations to sink the whole thing. So even though you're working in a successful business, other factors beyond your purview could conspire to end your employment. And, and this is the difficult thing, right? If you work for a publicly traded company, you can look at their financial results and see how well they're doing, but that doesn't you know, protect you from an upper level decision to get out of the business that you happen to be in, to remove your division or, or whatever, right? So this is tough. It's tough to know um, the risk of being downsized if you're in a corporate job. Um, opportunity cost every one of us is losing time every day you you and I think that what's happened here in the past two years with this virus that's gone around is a lot of people are realizing hey I need to take control of my life I need to do the things that I want to do and for some people that's about sports about hobby it's about travel it's about family it's about all different things and for some of you out there you know my channel has grown tremendously since that thing happened uh, back in 2020. Um, For a lot of you, it may have to do with business, about realizing dreams and moving forward on goals that you've always set for yourself that always seem to get sidelined. Maybe it makes sense to move forward. And this has to do with the opportunity cost of time. Um, And what happens if you fail? You need to have a plan B. So um, let me get into that in a minute. But um, what about other parties? Um, Again, sometimes if you're married, your spouse is going to need convincing in some instances sometimes, you know, the spouse is pushing you. It, it really depends on, on who you're married to. Um, and so I've had a lot of people over the course of time who they've had to manage that situation and there's different ways to manage it. And, um, you know, I'll leave that up to you. Don't ask me for marriage advice. Um, identify and analyze options. So you can start a business or you can buy one. Uh, you can start a business with a full-time effort, or you can get into some kind of side hustle, for example. Um, it, then there's the problem. is there Are there actually any good businesses for you to buy? And what do you do if there isn't? And what's hindering your access to sufficient options, for example? And then are there any other parties that you can identify that might have a need, for example, that could indicate an opportunity in the market for you? And so... Um, if you're, if you're worried about the question of startup versus buy, read my book, Smarter Than a Startup. You can get it on Amazon. It's on Audible as well. It's just a couple dollars. But um, you know this whole side hustle thing, I mean, honestly, the business that I run today, the consulting business, I started as a side hustle because I was still working for the bank when I started to do consulting work on the side. And, and it was not in the same domain at all. There was no conflict of interest. But I started to do work evenings and weekends and I built up a cash flow. And when the opportunity arose, I knew that I could build that side hustle into a full time effort if I put full time hours into it. Um, is there anything good thing good to buy? Well, this is when people do things like join my Business Buyer Advantage program and uh, get some education to learn about what is and what isn't a good thing. Um, what's hindering the process for a lot of people is not knowing how to do a search. I do consultations with people all the time who are exasperated because they can't find anything good in the online business for sale marketplaces. And when I tell them like you're looking at one-fifth of the market, most businesses don't go through those. Then they realize that they 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 haven't even understood how to go about looking for an opportunity like that. Um, next one. Oh yeah. Um, if you're enjoying the video, hit the like button. It doesn't cost you anything, but it helps me tremendously. So please hit that like button. And if you like the image of the thumb, that is, in fact, a picture of my own thumb. So we don't have to worry about copyright or anything like that. I'm the I'm the copyright holder of that thumb, Um, selecting your strategy. So if you decide to move forward with a startup or to buy a business, then what will your strategy be? So you can buy a business, start a business, buy a platform and incubate a startup, et cetera. What is your plan B? Again, I keep coming up with this plan B. Because I don't believe in some of the stuff that these, let's call it success porn people online say, you know, like you gotta burn the boats like Cortez purportedly did, or you have to, you know, put everything into your effort and, you know, don't hold anything back. That, quite frankly, that's foolish. Once you get into business for yourself, you will not be entitled to things like employment benefits from government programs and stuff like that. So if your business doesn't succeed, if things don't work out, You need to have the resources to make some kind of pivot. You need to figure it out. And so my comments on that, for example, uh, the plan B, at what point are you going to make a change if things aren't working? So when I got into business brokerage, I was in it for three years. I sold 36 companies. In my last year, my total commission revenue was almost half a million dollars. And it was a terrible business with up and down roller coaster action of cash flow. Um, There's a video I put out called My Life as a Business Broker. I recommend you watch it. It'll reveal what it was like. Um, If you looked at it on paper, it looked like a very successful business. It was stressful. It was anxious, anxiety filled. It was not fun. It was fun to do deals. I loved the work, but owning that business was not a very good thing. And so when I decided to get out, I had to get out at a point where I had some money in the bank because I had to be able to float my household expenses while I remove the yoke of the business expenses and try to negotiate myself out of my obligations. Like I had to work out a deal with the landlord, for example, and, and all that kind of stuff. So, and then go look for a job. So I had to have money. And so you cannot be putting every last penny into some kind of business. If it's not performing, you need to have some kind of reserve. You need to know what your plan B might be if things don't work out. And for me, it meant going and working for a bank. And I was lucky to be able to get that job. And during the interview, the hiring manager actually said to me, David, um, you've been in and out of business for yourself for a long time. Uh, Are you really interested in a career with us? And I said, yeah, I said, I need stability. I've got, you know, two small kids I'm trying to raise. You know, everything in my life is pointing to the fact that I need to have a job. And she looked right at me and she said, do you promise you'll stay for at least two years? So she saw right through my wah, wah, wah. Anyway, I stayed for like four. So anyway, that was her main concern. Um, And then, you know, is there help available for some of this? Well, a lot of the times when people call me on Clarity to do a phone consultation, this is the kind of stuff that they want to talk about. Implementing the strategy. So then you have to like once you've decided you know you're going to start or buy a business whatever then you got to actually do it. And so you start the business and you start to make sales hopefully and you start to you know have profits or you find the right business and you do your deal. And then you have to measure what's going on in your marketplace as far as your other uh, competitors, what um, the seller wants as far as making a deal. If you're buying a business, if there's an issue with labor availability, etc. And this is where, you know, people will use more of my products and services. So, you know, if you're going to start a business, I would recommend my cash flow forecasting and business plan writing program, for example, uh, which is at bizplanschool.com. And if you want to buy a business and you want help with that, then the business buyer adventure group coaching program, it, that's what the people in there are doing. They're in there because they want help and guidance uh, to, to buy a business. Where they want help with the search, they want help with organizing the offers, they want help with negotiation, they want help with figuring out the financing, etc. And then monitor and evaluate the results. So this is where you track the performance of your business. What goals must be met for you to continue? And so for me in my business brokerage, um, I needed to see that there was going to be some kind of change in the pattern. And the pattern was this: it was I would I would get into debt on my line of credits, my credit cards, I would sell a business that would bring me back to the black. And then I would go back into debt again while I waited for another deal to close. And then I would close a couple of deals and I would end up having a pile of money. And then I would end up back in the hole again. And so when I didn't see anything that was going to change that pattern, I chose one of the money peaks as my exit point so that I had some cash. Um, And then my comments on these is, is you got to learn your numbers. You have to know, what's coming in, what's going out, what your expenses are, and if you are on the right track or not. And this means having a business plan that you can benchmark yourself to. So am I actually meeting the performance numbers that I outlined in my plan? Um, Know your plan, know your numbers and know your plan B and do not invade your reserves. So if you're starting a business or you're buying a business, I always recommend that people have some kind of cash reserve that they leave on the side and they do not invade that money because that is their you know, unemployment insurance plan. That is the money that they're going to use to pivot in some way. And maybe you have a different plan. Maybe you're married to a doctor. Maybe you're married to someone who can support the family bills so that you don't need to have that kind of reserve. I recommend that you talk to the person who is your plan B if you intend to make them your plan B so that they're on board with being your plan B. Again, don't ask me for marriage advice. Um, Write this all down. You've got to have it on paper, because as you go through this kind of decision making framework, you're going to want to keep going back over and over and over again. And you're going to revisit things and you're going to change your mind about things and a lot of the stuff in here is somewhat subjective. And so while you may have an answer immediately, your subconscious is going to be thinking about this stuff over the course of time. And your opinions might change. And what, what really happens to people is that when you're exposed to the world, the internet, et cetera, everything that hits you goes through a perceptual filter, right? If you've ever studied any marketing, this is one of the things I talk about. So you have a perceptual filter. When you decide you want a new car, you suddenly notice the new car advertisements, right? And so when you're starting to ask yourself some of these questions, your perceptual filter is gonna open up to content, ideas, articles, books, et cetera, that deal with some of the questions that you're asking yourself. And you're going to suddenly notice that there's all this new information that you can absorb that will help you with this decision-making. And that's okay. Something like this should not be decided hastily. It requires a lot of thought, reflection, and then thought again. And if you watched last week's video, about the five biggest business mistakes. Consider your passions, but your brain must be in control at all times. And so, you know, some of the things that I've talked about here today, some of the products I have and services that might help you, the cash flow forecasting program. If you want to learn how to better organize a business, then my EasySmallBizSystems.com systems.com program will help you. It's called Build a Business That People Will Wanna Buy. You can get direct help from me at businessbuyeradvantage.com. Um, That's my online course. Or you can join the group at businessbuyeradventure.com. The, if you head over to my my website, uh, davidcbarnett.com, um, this is the website right here. If you come over here on the left-hand side, there's something called the David's product map. If you click on that, you're actually going to see a video and it's going to introduce you to this. And this is the product map. And that video will take you through this. It's based on the timeline of a prospective buyer, then a business owner, then post ownership, and how all of my different books, my consulting services and my online courses fit within the framework of that timeline. And so you can see how any of those things might be of use to you. And and with that, thank you so much for watching. remember to subscribe to the channel. It would help me a ton if you ever shared any of these videos on your other social media. That's how I grow this platform is by people engaging with it, by hitting like, by you know sharing it to other places like Twitter or Facebook. And with that, we'll say see you later. It's been a blast and I'll talk to you next time. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site davidcbarnett.com where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients. You can learn more about my books and the online courses that I've prepared for you. You can find out about how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, et cetera. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there all for free. And I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go out to Jeff Alpaw Customs for being my tailor. Men all around the world can look dangerous just like me with the help of Jeff Alpaw Customs. JeffAlpod.com. Use the code DCB10 to save. They handle multiple currencies and ship anywhere you happen to be.